Welcome to the Progressaholic Podcast. This is your host, Devesh Tilokani. At Progressaholic, we highlight stories of individuals dedicated to the progress of self and society to educate you on creating an impact within yourself and the communities that you operate in. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day for listening to this. It means more to me than you could possibly imagine. So without further ado, let's get into it. Today we have with us Nir Bashan, a creativity coach. Now from working with Hollywood and music stars like Woody Harrelson, person's favorite of mine, especially his work at Zombieland and Rod Stewart, Nir discovered something that may shock you. These creative superstars aren't all that different from you or me. It's just that they have mastered a method of repeatable, predictable creativity, a type of creativity that anyone can learn. And it turns out that the same type of creativity can be used in businesses and careers everywhere. Now, Nir has taught thousands of leaders and individuals around the globe on how to harness the power of creativity to improve profitability, increase sales, boost customer service, and ultimately create more meaning in their work. Working with clients such as AT&T, Microsoft, Ace Hardware, NFL, EA Sports, Suzuki, uh, Nir has spent the last two decades working on a formula to codify creativity for business. That formula can be found in his new book, The Creator Mind. Mindset. And in this episode, we really dive deep into what exactly is the creator mindset, why and how it is different from other theories and approaches to creativity. Are we born creative? Can we learn to be more creative? And how to use creativity to solve some of the world's biggest problems? I'm going to get right into it. Thank you so much, Nir, for taking the time out to come on the Progressaholic podcast. Before we even start off, because I know that you do everything related to creativity. I want you to like define what creativity means to you as a whole. Yeah, definitely. Hey, thanks for having me, uh, Devish. I know the show's really popular. I, I've just listened to a few of the episodes and I know you got a lot of guests trying to get on and I appreciate you picking me and allowing me to, to have some time to share my perspective with your audience. Um, for me, creativity is really about problem solving in a way that we were born to do. Um, I feel that our our earliest ancestors 50, 60, 70,000 years ago, you know, lived in caves and they lived till they were 20 if they were lucky. They were like a grandma, grandpa at 20, right? And so initially the creativity that kept us alive is that creativity that's been handed down after generation through generation and it's in our bone marrow it's who we are it's what kept us alive we stayed alive because we were able to fight off the beast with a sharp stick and a and a little you know uh thing so we were able to use creativity to stay alive and today we need it now more than ever because the world around us is changing so fast and things are becoming so very, very different. You throw in COVID and everything else going on in the world, and it's a a really tough environment. And so for me, creativity is a problem-solving technique that we do not use enough today. And I'm on a mission to help everyone around the world um, become more creative. I wrote a book about it called The Creator Mindset, and it's really about using a different portion of your mind finally to solve problems. And I think you mentioned one thing that like from like years and years, generations, generations, we've been using creative using creativity to solve issues. And if creativity is such an integral part of our lives, uh, I know that you mentioned that we're all sort of born creative. 
but we tend to lose it over time. Do you think that that, that creativity is sort of on equal grounds with everyone when, they, when they're growing up? And it's just that people, some people tend to lose it even more than others? Yes. So we are all born creative when we are in kindergarten or, and I've studied this all over the world and I got really good references in the book, studies upon studies of, you know, across the globe, different cultures, stuff like that. I found that in every society, our children are educated, whether it's kindergarten or whatever program, our children are educated toward the analytical and away from the creative. So we are educated, no matter where you are in the world, we are educated away from creativity and into logic, into very strict forms of numeration and numbers and spreadsheet type logic and, you know, stay within the box kind of thinking. And what ends up happening is it's effective. It's good. But then you graduate, you know, school or you're out of the military, you're ready to start a job or work for someone else or, you know, have a career or start your own business. And you begin to regurgitate everything you were taught, which is, you know, have a a business plan. And, you know, you must have these sort of checkbox checked and all of this rigid style of thinking. And what I've noticed is, is that, at a certain point that stops to work, no matter who you are, no matter what business. So yes, we're all born creative and some of us tend to keep it longer. Elon Musk, uh, Steve Jobs, and we love those guys. We go, oh, oh, they're they're genius, you know? I wish, I wish I could be that smart. But like, there's, there's no wishing you are that smart. You've just stopped listening to that side. So I, I, I think that everybody was born creative. I know that everybody's born creative. The science points to it, but we just choose a different path. So as easily as we've chosen the analytical path, so can we choose the creative path. It just takes the will to do it. Yeah, yeah 100%. And I can relate wholeheartedly with that. As someone has been to business school, like we're clearly taught the analytical, come up with the business plan. If you don't have that, you're definitely going to fail. And there's sort Dude, of- what no- business plan? Like seriously, today, what business, what are you, what are you talking Talking about business plan. There is no linear connection to revenue generation and your product or service anymore. Sorry, the economy has changed. I don't care what they're telling you in business school. If you're if you're offering product or service A and you're expecting client business to business or whomever the the customer on B to purchase it, that model is antiquated, man. It's done. It was from 1950. That's it. People don't buy like that anymore. Buying habits have changed. Consumer habits have changed. And not only that, the, um, you know, business to business relationships have completely changed. I I work with a lot of manufacturing. I I consult and I speak uh, keynotes and, and webinars and lectures. I work with a lot of manufacturing people who are like near my buyers have completely changed. I'm, I'm a business. To, I don't sell to consumers. You know, I sell, I have three channels of sales and it's the same three people buying my, my, my wares. And it's completely changed. They're not buying the same way they used to. What's going on? Why is this happening? And everything is changing. A doesn't equal B anymore. A goes to J J goes to like, 
you know, Z and then back to B and you're lucky, you know, if that, if that comes through as a sale, maybe, maybe it will, maybe it won't. So I think the models of antiquity are breaking down. The traditional business logic is breaking down and it has to be replaced with a new form of thinking. Now I'm not telling everybody, Oh, don't don't be analytical anymore. Don't look at spreadsheets. I, I look at spreadsheets all the time. I've got employees. I look at, you know, my quarterly, I look at the PL, but I look way, way, way past the numbers because the numbers don't tell you everything. Yeah, 100%. The numbers don't tell you everything. That could be the tagline of the episode, literally. I love it. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. 100%. And sort of on that breakdown and sort of what we're seeing in society, I think this is the perfect time to segue into the creator's mindset, the book that you've written about. Uh, but yeah, man, creator's mindset. Uh, what exactly is that? And be a more pertinent question. Why is that different from the current models or current ideas of creativity that are out there? Definitely. So most of the of the current orthodoxy, if you will, on creativity is about the why. And I think we beat the why to death these days, bro. Like enough with the why. It's about the how now. I'm I'm okay. Everybody's asking themselves, why am I doing such and such? And that's important and it's great. But um, you can sit around forever asking yourself, you know, why it is that you've approached something the way that you've approached it. It's about time for the how. And so my book is different and my approach is different in that I give people actionable items, actionable tools that they can use every day to become more creative. It's really about the doing part that differentiates me from others. And the promise is different. I don't promise that people become rich overnight. I don't promise that I'm going to teach you something that, you know, by the end of the month, we'll bring in a million dollars. I don't, if you want that, there's a million other people that allow for that. I and seriously, go to Barnes and Noble and look at the bookshelves. There's, you know, millionaire in a week, uh, real estate saved my life, become rich by, you know, two weeks. I, that's not what this book's about. This book's about old fashioned hard work and like doing it. And if that interests you, then my product techniques will interest you. If you want to get, you know, passive income from the internet within three weeks and all this stuff, like uh, my approach is not the right one for you. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I, I, I think that's I think that's a much better way to go than your three weeks passive income approach. Uh, don't think that really works that much. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to be real. Um, I think that that a lot of people have gotten taken by, you know, these these get rich quick schemes that, you know, when an authentic book or an authentic offer comes along, people are like, ah, you know, that, what will that do for me? Um, but the truth is that we can all use a little bit more creativity in our life. And that starts within us. It's not something you have to buy. It's not something that you have to acquire. It is skills that you already have that you need to develop in, in a slightly different way to become more creative. And that's why I like um, what I'm doing so much because I'm offering people the ability to modify their outlook on life, to modify their approach, to slightly tweak their perspective in order to become more creative. Now you've sort of spoken about why the creator's mindset is different from a lot of the other books and all the other resources out there, but maybe what do you define the creator's mindset as? It's really an approach to solving problems that is completely different than what everyone else is doing. Because creativity is in our DNA, I define it as being an individual approach to problem solving that you will have, that I will have, that other people people will have 
and it will be completely different than everybody else's. The way I solve problems and the way you solve problems are really as unique as you are an individual. And when you tap into creativity, uh, the creator's mindset is really a policy of individualized problem solving in business today. Interesting. Awesome. Awesome. And maybe a question on this would be that how did you use your own creative creativity to come up with the creator's mindset? Um, you know, I... I'm a serial entrepreneur, right? So I've had companies and worked, uh, run other people's companies my whole life. And what I found was that, what I found was that there was a gap in the marketplace, just like anything else. So if you're an entrepreneur, and I'm sure a lot of your audiences got some really great things going on, right? They got a a business or a great career, and they kind of want to get to the next level. What I tell them is, I said, okay, have you sort of looked at opportunities in the marketplace? They're like, yeah, totally. I'm going to do it a little bit different. I'm going to change it around a little bit. I'm going to find an opportunity. And that's exactly what I did with this book. There's There was an opportunity in the marketplace. When everybody asked why, I started asking how. And when I started to identify that there was a need for how to become creative, I wrote the book. So it's doing incredibly well. I'm very, very excited. We're selling copies all over the world. I'm getting very good feedback. And I think it's because we've struck a nerve by finding a gap in the marketplace. And that's what every really good entrepreneur does. They find an opening and they take it. And that's what I urge your your listeners to do. People watching it right now, you know, find that gap in your marketplace. It could be anything and and it can do, it could be any product or service or any, any implication of your career too. People say to me, you know, near, uh, your stuff is great, but I work for someone else. I'm trying to get to the next level. I'm stuck. I can't use creativity. And I say, no, you're wrong. You could totally use creativity. It's not enough to like let Mary, you know, work somewhere for five years and then get promoted. I'm like, why are you doing that? That's the old style. That's the old method. What are you doing to become creative? Maybe taking on more responsibility, maybe circumventing that normal route to get promoted, maybe going to a competitor for a year or two and then bouncing back. There's so many things that you can do no matter who you are or what you do to become more creative. So that's kind of where, where I'm at with this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And on the creative mindset as a whole, I think this relates to another issue that I feel a lot of people, and I've spoken to like listeners in the community at Progressaholic as a whole as well. And one thing is that they're okay with identifying issues. They're fine with identifying problems in society, uh, in their lives that they want to solve either through a business or through something else. Like identifying the problem is not an issue. It's, It's fine, but finding creative solutions to that, that's where a lot of them are tripping up. For example, I see the prop. This is a very broad example, but there's an oil spill in the sea that I'm at. Okay. And that's a problem that's been faced. Very, very broad example, but I'm not able to come up with a creative solution to solve that. So on that creative solution aspect, me, do you have any like tips or sort of something to sort of get around that? Oh, sorry. I, I sorry. <laughs> I have 92 of them. So there's a lot of tips. The my approach is, you know, and there there's like hundreds of them, but I had to pick the 92 favorite to print. Um, there's a lot. There's using humor, empathy, and courage in order to solve problems better. There's looking at uh, little victories. That's one of my favorite that your listeners can actually do today if they want to become more creative. Little victories are all about those little things that happen on the way to the big victory. Right? We all have one year three 
three-year, five-year goal. And we're like, we're going to stick to that no matter what happens, right? But what, what, what ends up happening is along that path, there's little things that sort of can guide you in a slightly different direction. Um, I'll give you an example. There was an ice cream salesman many years ago who sold a bunch of ice cream machines. He was analytical. He wanted to sell a bunch of machines. So he got a list and started calling every business no matter who you are, if you're not creative, it can go up for a little while, but at a certain point, it's going to stagnate or go down. And that's exactly what happened to him. He started selling machines and then couldn't sell more. And when volume is your only construct, you're not doing great because at a certain point, the volume runs out. Anyway, so he couldn't sell more machines. And he noticed that there was a restaurant buying a bunch of the machines, making milkshakes, you know. And so he, he decided to go down there. Ah, that's a creative idea. Stood in line, the line was out the door. 45 minutes later, he had the best cheeseburger he's ever had in his entire life, right? And the guy's name was Ray Kroc, and the restaurant was McDonald's. So had he have stuck to his one year or his five year or three or whatever, it would have been, you know, who knows, but because he listened to those little breadcrumbs along the way, he made a creative choice. What I urge you, um, Devish and your listeners to do, man, is to really start to look at those little breadcrumbs. I don't care what you do. I don't care what career you come from. It does not matter. What matters is what you're paying attention to every day. And if you're paying attention to those little gems of life that help point you in a slightly different direction, you're doing incredible, good, and worthwhile creative work. If you're ignoring them, then you ignore them at the risk of of really doing well in life and doing well in your business. And sort of on that point, do you think maybe self-awareness is a big piece of that? Self-awareness is a big piece of it. Not talking. I have a whole chapter about not talking. This is rare for me. I'm talking a lot, but when I'm consulting and, and working, I, I really am not the one talking. I listen to others and learning how to listen is an incredibly valuable thing these days. Listen, we're in a generation of, you know, apps and, and social media. We have a whole generation of people who don't know how to communicate face to face and apps and social and TikTok and you know, Insta and all these things make us feel like we're the most important part of the universe. And when we're in business, that is the last thing that you need. If you want somebody to pay you for something, you need to put the impetus on them. You need to make them feel important. And we have a whole generation of people that don't know how to do that. It starts with shutting up for God's sake, just shutting up from time to time and listening to what the market is telling you. Listen to what coworkers are telling you, listen to what your employees are telling you, listen to what is going on on social. There's so many listening channels today where we can get an idea of how our product or service is doing and we choose not to listen to them. And there's amazing creative value in that. And we stop doing it. Um, I talk about all kinds of things, how not to get complacent, how not to allow self-doubt to creep into your psyche and stop you from doing amazing things. And I talk about how creativity is really the missing ingredient in the greatness of humanity and how we could get to amazing levels if we were to just make mistakes more often, understand that mistakes are part of getting where we need to go and all of these different tools and techniques that we can use uh, to become more creative. That's really the the crux of what I talk about. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And 
all were incredible points, especially I love the listening point. I mean, I heard this one quote where it's like, listening is more important than talking. If it wasn't for that, you wouldn't have been given two years in one mouth, basically. I love it. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. And I mean, if you really want to learn to listen, start a podcast because you you don't have a choice. Like You have to listen because if I don't listen to your, to your answer, the next question would just, I wouldn't be able to come up with the next question, for example. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Podcasts are great. They're really good. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, and um, sort of. I know that I was when I was going through a YouTube channel, and that's some incredible content out there. For anyone listening, definitely Thank check you, it sir. out. Um, there was one thing you said, but the four P's of creativity um, that I thought was really interesting, which was um, people, process, product, and profit. We'll love you could elaborate a little bit more on that. So the four P's are a accumulation of creativity as an identity and business. And it all starts with the people. I know people say that a lot. Oh, you know, hire the best or whatever. But I actually teach people how to do it in the book, uh, how to look through resumes, how to look through applicants and find really good people. And spoiler alert, it's not on the resume. Um, I talk about sort of old school methods of calling people and having real conversations. Um, Yes, none of it's efficient. Yes, it takes a long time, but I don't care about efficiency for getting the right people. It doesn't really matter. So I think there's a lot of mistakes being made and propagated by people who are self-claimed gurus of, of, hiring, but it really is about finding good people and doing whatever it takes to find those people. A lot of people don't do that. And it's a shame. Process is enacting a system of creativity in a repeatable way, right? People say to me, Nir, creativity, ah, I'm just going to lay on the beach and come up with an idea. There's no, that's, that's not the way to do creativity. Creativity has to be done like anything else. It's a discipline. People think, oh, you know, I'm going to get an idea in the shower or while I'm on a walk. And if you want to wait for three ideas in your entire life to strike you that way, then fine. But what I talk about is a way to repeat it every day. You can have an idea right now if you want it. Um, You know, I write everything down. I have uh, sticky notes everywhere. And writing stuff down and circling it activates a different part of the mind that allows you to become creative. And so it's all about the process and having a process to capture the creativity throughout the organization, whether you're a, a one man, one woman business, or you have, you know, 10,000 employees, it doesn't matter. The third is, um, is the product, right? What exactly are you doing? A lot of people don't understand what their product does. I'll give you an example. I worked on a very popular uh, sport drink, you know, the drink that you, after you're playing football for two hours in the Florida sun, you have this drink and it's got electrolytes and it makes you feel better. Right. And so their entire advertising campaign was around sports and like crazy and dunking and like, you know, uh, a goal from 40 meters out, like that kind of stuff. Right. And what the truth was is their product was being used not by sports. I mean, some of it would be used by sports, but the overwhelming majority of people consuming that product were hung over and they were, you know, trying to get electrolytes in their body after a night of drinking. A lot of brands don't understand what their product does in the marketplace. They don't. And it's a crisis. So I help businesses understand what their product is. And then finally, if you put all those three together, you get to profit. Now, a lot of people don't understand that it doesn't really matter how much revenue you're bringing in. It's how much revenue is converted into profit, right? So you can bring billions of dollars in, but if 
a very small percentage of your markup, um, that's not good. You want to get that percentage as high as humanly possible so that you can accumulate uh, as much of that revenue to keep. And so I talk in the book about some methods that you can use creatively to take that ratio and and increase it as high as humanly possible. And um, those are kind of the four P's of of creativity and installing creativity in your work. I wanted to talk about that that aspect of creativity um, because you spoke about some of those like practices that you do to sort of increase your creativity. Would you say maybe it's kind of like a muscle that you're like trying to work out? Yes, absolutely. It's like a, uh, it's like riding a bike or learning how to drive a car. It's like anything in life. Once you learn how to do it, it's about repeating it. I talk about the concept, the idea, and the execution. The concept is the biggest way to look at uh, at your product or service or career. The idea is the middle level, and the execution is the like specific specific part of what you do. A lot of people spend their entire lives working in the execution part of their business or career, which is the electron microscope view where, you know, you're putting a fire out here, a fire out there. You can't see what those atoms even make. You just know, ah, I got a meeting. Ah, you know, I'm running, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, But unless you are able to look at all three, you can't become creative. So I teach people one person, I've done it with 1500 people before. Um, I've done it with a leadership uh, um, committee. I've done it with a board of directors. Um, It's really a system where you grab a pen, you have to grab a pen or a pencil or anything to write with. And you grab a piece of paper and you start to map out your concept, your idea, and your execution. Once you're able to map those things out, according to those three categories, you're able to generate creativity just by doing it. And you start to come up with different ideas that you're not like in love with. So a lot of people tell me near, I, I have a really great idea, but shh can't tell anybody. And I'm like, okay, why not? They're like, shh, this is the best idea ever. I'm like, okay, how many of these ideas do you have? They're like, shh, 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 just one. I'm like, okay, but they're, they're like, no, 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 this is going to change the world. And I'm like, okay, but like, you got to have more ideas than just one. You can't love these precious little ideas that you have just because you think they're that great. They might be super great. But as a creative person, falling in love with one idea is detrimental to the whole thing. I want to help you generate not one idea, but 10, not 10 ideas, but a hundred, not a hundred, but a thousand. So you don't have to hold on to one idea and love it so preciously and that kind of thing. You are able to then come up with new ideas in case somebody takes that idea or someone steals it or someone else does it in the marketplace, so on and so forth. Creativity is an ever-changing, ever-adapting muscle. Like you said, it's something that we need to work on. Our brain has been worked in the analytics almost to death. Like we're so, we look at things in terms of numbers. Oh, it's 10.30 a.m. in the East Coast right now. And up oh, it's 10.37. And we're so used to looking at numbers and, and getting value out of it. But if we don't apply creativity to it, we're not exercising the muscle that comes with thinking differently. And so I'm, you know, I'm helping people try to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that idea, the concept idea and execution, maybe on the concept aspect, is that like your overall vision per se, 
it's the biggest idea that your your product or service exists in. So let's say you're a, a pizza franchise, which I've done this with um, an American pizza franchise. And, you know, I've done this with a, with kind of a franchise organization. And they were like, Nir, our concept is pizza. We sell pizza. And I'm like, no, no, you don't. That's not your concept, you know. And so we started working it out. And I think somebody came up with the concept of, sustenance or, you know, food or I was like, okay, that's a pretty good concept. They're like, yeah, we sustain people's well-being uh, because we give them energy to do whatever they need to do. I was like, that's a pretty good concept. And then what's the idea? They're like, pizza. I'm like, no, it's not, you know, what's the idea? And then we started getting into round and round and over a couple of days we worked out. I think they, you know, again, this is not me. It's what you think it is. They came up with uh, like Italian food. No, no, comfort food even better. So comfort food was the idea. And then the execution was the meat lovers, double stuffed crust, cheesy bread, you know, with uh, cheesy sticks and garlic and that, you know, medium. Uh, That was the execute, deep crust. That was the execution. And so I helped them sort of learn different techniques to expand their product line because they wanted new and different product that had the same origination and they were tired of doing yet another pizza. So I said, okay, let's go back up. When you think comfort food, what do you think? And we started to write down ideas and we were able to come up with a new channel of products and services that were the identity of the brand. It wasn't me doing it. It wasn't me telling them, guys, yeah, I'm a consultant. You're paying me a lot of money. I'm going to tell you do A, B, and C. It wasn't me. It was them empowering themselves and taking back the brand identity in order to really resonate with who that customer was. Because there's no amount of outside influence that can make a product or service resonate with the particular buyer. It's not Nirbashan coming along and helping them. It is Nirbashan coming along, teaching them how to think a little bit differently so that they know their product. They know their brand. I don't know the brand. I mean, I do, but they... Dude, they work, there's people in there, been there 30 years. What am I going to tell them about, you know, so when the idea comes from them, ah, it's wonderful because it's on brand, it's authentic, it's part of the vision. You know, we knew Mr. So-and-so and and from 1958, and he started this because he wanted to feed everybody in America on a good price. Holy crap, that's a great thing. How do we work that? Where is it gone? Are we doing that today or are we not? So the concept, the idea, and the execution are really different ways um, looking at your product or service and globalizing the effort so that you can look at the big, big, big picture, and then see if what your execution is, is addressing the needs that you've set up the company to do in the first place. Interesting. Interesting. So it's like, it's not like you're telling them where to go or what to do, but it's more like you're guiding them in that specific direction so that they come up with the answer yeah. themselves. Creativity is as individual as you are. And so the way that they're going to practice creativity at this particular franchise, it's not the same way that I'm going to do it. And that's great because it's authentic to who they are. So it's about empowering people to learn how to think differently and then leaving them alone to explore wherever they need to go. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Anyways, dude, this was incredible. Um, it was incredible having you on. Of course, we were in a time budget, so I don't want to take up too much of your time. But before we sort of leave, I, mean, I just want to ask you one question uh, regarding Progressaholic. Uh, when you hear the word Progressaholic, um, sort of what does that mean to you? It means to me somebody who is not afraid of change and who is moving in through the universe um, 
understanding that things are not stuck and they're not antiquated. It's somebody who wants to be a part of changes as they come up and who embraces things as they evolve. And I think that's a big deal. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Really appreciate it, Neil. Again, you were incredible. I think hopefully I'm going to get a little more creative after this conversation. Thank Um, you, man. I appreciate it. I hope this will become your most downloaded episode. Definitely, definitely. And we'll keep you updated if that if that happens. But yeah, thank you so much again. And also just right It wouldn't end. be the first podcast. So like, <laughs> let's go. Let's yeah, go for it. Definitely. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Also, we'd love if you could tell us where our listeners could find you and the Creator Mindset book as well. Yes, sir. So it's available. The book's available online. It was only released two months ago. And uh, it's a McGraw-Hill re- worldwide release. Uh, so being translated into a couple different languages right now. It's on Amazon. It's on, um, it's prime in the U S and the UK, uh, Canada, Mexico. It's on, um, Barnes and Noble. If you like to buy books there, it's at your local bookstore. If it's not there, ask them to order it. And my website is my name near Bashan.com N I R B A S H A N.com. We've got a community on there. just like you guys, it's free. It's moderated. No Viagra ads. You sign up. And, uh, and, um, you know, we share creativity on there, everyone from sea level to students. And we're all kind of talking about creativity and how to become more creative at work. I'd love to uh, see you and your listeners on there. Definitely. Definitely. That'd be awesome. New again, really, really, really appreciate it. I'm going to put the links below to the book as well so that people can check it out. So really, really appreciate it. New. Thanks. Fantastic, sir. Thank you for having me. Thank you. If you liked any part of that, please, please, please leave us a review. It would mean the world to us. Please let us know your thoughts, how you think we can improve and continue providing more and more value to our community because we are here to serve you and make sure that you have the best time possible and continue progressing within your journey. Thank you very much.